I'm Josh Barrow. And I'm Lynette Lopez. And this is Hard Pass. So Josh and I are sitting here in lovely Las Vegas, and we are here with James Chanos, the founder and president of Kinecos Associates and the world's largest China bear. So why do you hate China? <laughs> I don't hate China. What's wrong with China? I hate China's financial system. I, I hate China's economic model. And actually, let's get more specific because you being uh, bearish on China is really, really old news. But what we do want to talk about are some recent developments in how the government is managing uh, its financial system and its yeah. corporate system. And recently, there have been a lot of stories out about how the Chinese government is taking stakes in what I like to think of as New China. Old China is what you think of as building these cities uh, that are completely empty, bridges to nowhere, roads that lead to nothing, just industrial power and, and, and investment. New China is a services sector that is feeding a population that has just found its own purchasing power. And these are internet companies, they're banks, things that we in the United States pride ourselves for having developed as a country. One of the themes we've been talking to clients about with China is how the regime of Xi Jinping is different from the previous two regimes, where, as we like to say, China was open for business with the West. And Xi Jinping is a different animal. He came in, and, and people really didn't know a lot about what, what he would do. He, he gave the same uh, language and about reform that they all do. But what we found out pretty quickly was that, A, he's a very strong leader. He moved very quickly to marginalize the other factions. And he is decidedly anti-Western and is more inward-looking as it relates to China economic focus. He's also much more a political animal than he is a business or financial animal. And I think that's come through in his policies. The other thing that I think we realized pretty quickly was that he's terrified of the internet. He sees it as a power base onto itself that really is not controllable, even despite the great firewall. And so he has moved in a series of steps to sort of cordon off the digital aspects of the things he's scared about. And the most recent one was having um, the state take board seats and stakes in internet companies, which will, of course, give them influence far beyond the 1% and one board seat. Of it's, course. it's the way the government's saying, okay, we're, we're now watching you and, and involved literally at the corporate level. My question has always been, is Xi Jinping just that kind of leader? Or has he decided to be that leader because of the times? Also keep in mind, he's moved against the media and, and the army. So it, it's the internet, media, and army. And, and in terms of reforming, purging, and, and obviously those are all control mechanisms. Um, so all these things are, are steps backward from what, what normal people might consider reform. But so what's the end game for this? Because if, you know, if all of this e economic turmoil causes this increase in repression where they say you know, there, there's going to be threat to the legitimacy of the government because people aren't getting the growth they expected, so we need to clamp down, that's not going to improve the growth situation. In the long run, don't they need to actually make liberalizing economic reforms in order to return to a fast pace of, of growth? This is the problem. I mean, they're, they're, they're still keeping the credit spigots wide open, but it's having less and less of an effect. And so we're getting into some really scary debt-to-capital kind of numbers in China right now that everybody sees. Ultimately, the, the government, if they want to keep this going, the government basically has to bail out all the banks. When China has to do a bailout, it's not just the banking system, which is $33 trillion. It's the state-owned enterprises. It's making sure that the Chinese population doesn't freak out when they don't have jobs and maintaining the Chinese dream. Today, roughly the economy is about 10 to $11 trillion U.S., and banking assets, as Lynette said, are $33 trillion. 
So we're 300% of GDP as opposed to 100% of GDP the last time they had a big problem. So the magnitude of this credit problem is far, far greater than it was the last time they had to bail out everything. One other problem that people aren't paying enough attention to, and that is the asset liability mismatch. And if we learn anything, well, we probably didn't, about during our crisis, it was you shouldn't finance hard-to-value, long-term, you know, esoteric real estate-related derivatives or securities with overnight money. Mm-hmm. which is what a lot of the investment banks ended up doing by 07 and 08. And yeah. they couldn't move some of this gunk on their balance sheet, and increasingly they were financing themselves in the repo market. And so explaining what that is, you have a bank, and so the bank right. it makes a bunch of loans or yeah. has other, other assets, and then it finances itself by getting money from someone. Maybe it takes retail deposits from ordinary consumers, mm-hmm. or it can go out in financial markets and borrow money under in all sorts of... the interbank market, right. Right. And so what you're describing here is that you borrow money on terms where you have to go borrow it again every day. If you have assets you can't get rid of quickly, you need to borrow money from people who can't demand it back from you quickly. Right. You need either a stockholder's equity capital or long-term bonds or something like that to finance that part of your, your balance sheet that's illiquid and long-term. What's happening with China is increasingly a lot of the new debts are either financing uneconomic projects or losses. They're actually funding the losses of these white elephants. So what does this mean for the U.S.? Do we, so if there is a, you know, pending financial crisis in China, yep. does that does that matter for the American economy? My, my general answer used to be no, we're pretty well isolated, but, but with one really, really big caveat. And that is, if you look at China, and what I call greater China, things like Hong Kong and, and Taiwan, and then any country whose prime export market is China, which tends to be the commodity exporters, Australia, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, most of South America, South Korea, that represents 40% of global GDP, close to 40%. That's a big number. So if China really does go into a decline, then you're going to see an awful lot of other countries you know, be dragged down with it. Hard Pass is produced by Ben Riskin. Our cover art is by John Fulton, and the music you are hearing is by Aaron Leader. 